Welcome to Hidden Headlines, the good news, the God news, news for the soul, the stories no one in the secular media will tackle. I'm your host, Brian Sussman. This is news for the third full week of February 2019. All the stories we're discussing can be found on my blog at briansussman.com. This is Black History Month, and coming up in just a few minutes, you'll hear my interview with a young black man who, in the eyes of some, is a controversial figure. That said, his life story, in my opinion, is absolutely inspirational. His name is Ryan Bomberger. My background started off uh, in violence, to put it that way. My birth mom experienced the horror and the violence of rape, and yet not only chose life, but she gave me the incredible gift of adoption. So I grew up in a family of 15. I have six brothers and six sisters. Ten of us were adopted. All of us adopted and loved, and the three biological children also loved like crazy. All loved the same by two parents who, you could say, defied the world's low expectations. So here you've got this biracial child, my biological father, I'm putting that in quotes, was, was black and my biological mother was white, uh, loved like crazy in a mixed race family, family with those with physical disabilities and learning disabilities, just um, defying what the world would say. You know, you're unwanted, you're unplanned, you're going to be unloved. And so that is my background. That's the beginning of my life. And it's the reason why I'm so passionate about defending every human life, regardless of circumstances of conception, because the last time I checked, none of us had control over those things. None of us got to determine how we came to be, uh, but we get to determine our what we do with what we have, whether we have you know physical disabilities, learning disabilities, or whatever the perceived disabilities. What do we do with that life? And so this is why I'm so passionate about fighting for human dignity. And my wife and I started the Radiance Foundation just to creatively illuminate that every life has purpose. Wow, every life has purpose. And isn't that the perfect message during this Black History Month? So you will hear this interview with Ryan Baumberger in just a moment on Hidden Headlines. Just a little update for you regarding the Another Chance podcast. I'm really excited about the podcast for Another Chance that's in production. By the way, for some of you wondering, what's the Another Chance podcast? I've heard you mention it here and there, but these are real-life stories involving people I know who have just seen a divine reboot, the likes of which just stuns and amazes people. Even if you're not a person of faith, so to speak, these stories just grip you. And, and I've produced them in such a way that I really believe even a skeptic, even a skeptic, for example, you're saying, eh, Jesus, yeah, historical figure, whatever. Or maybe some of my, my Jewish friends and relatives would say, yeah, right, Jesus is the Messiah, sure. But you hear these stories, and they are so gripping and so powerful. I'm convinced even a skeptic's going to say, wait a second, okay, maybe you've got something here, Sussman. Anyway, the story on this one, and then we'll get to our interview with Ryan, which is perfect for Black History Month. Uh, this has to do with a very dear friend of mine, his Another Chance podcast was in the works. His name is Sam Huddleston. And I met Sam many years ago. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm 20, 21. He was working for the guy that would eventually become my father-in-law, though I didn't know that at the time either. So my father-in-law says, hey, I really want you to meet this guy. I, I just gave him his first job. And I think, wow, his first job? Okay, let's see, like a teenager? No, he was a little older than I at the time. He was 
probably 23, 24 years old. Anyway, I sit down. Here's this guy. Intimidating looking man. <laughs> Looked like he could have been uh, a running back for any NFL football team. And I'm sitting there. Okay, what is this all about? And, and I didn't know where this conversation was supposed to be going. But when he smiled, that completely broke the ice. I realized, okay, this isn't the, uh, the, the quote-unquote hard-ass type guy I was thinking he was going to be. <laughs> he was a nice guy. And I was just really starting to stretch out my spiritual roots at this time. And, and I listened to this guy's story, and my roots went down about six feet farther. Uh, he had just gotten out of prison for manslaughter committed the crime when he was 17, just gotten out of prison. And I will tell you something, Sam Huddleston's life from that point forward, my gosh, what a turnaround. There have been so many men, and might I add women, whose lives have been completely radically transformed because of Sam's work, not just here in the United States, but on other continents like Africa as well. He's all about racial reconciliation He's all about leading people to the truth in that of the Lord Jesus, Messiah Jesus. So anyway, to cut to the chase, I'm doing this um, Another Chance podcast about his life, and I'm pretty much wrapped up. I'm in the final legs of production, and I receive a call from him, and he says, hey, do you know, do you know Jerry Brown, you know, Governor Jerry Brown here in California? And I said, well, I've, I've interviewed him a few times, but I don't really know him. And he said, well, I, I want to get pardoned. I want the state of California to pardon me. Now, back up just a little bit. In our Another Chance podcast, we discussed the fact that the family of the victim from his crime, the family of the victim had reached out through a third party to forgive him, to forgive Sam. And they were forgiving him because for many years they'd watched his life and they realized this is not jailhouse religion. This is the real deal. We're going to forgive this guy. So he gets word of the forgiveness. And I'll talk about that in the Another Chance podcast. So Sam's point of this phone call after we had taped the Another Chance podcast, his point of the phone call was, listen, the family's forgiven me. I want to see if Jerry Brown will forgive me. I want to get, I want to get this behind me once and for all. So it's interesting. I realized I don't know Jerry Brown well enough to call him, but I know a very good friend of his. So I called the friend and the friend said, just, just use, write a letter, use my name. Okay. I wrote a letter and I used my friend's name. In fact, on the outside of the envelope, a real big envelope, letter size envelope, I wrote his name and highlighted it. And uh, R.E., this guy's name, sent it to Jerry Brown's office on a Friday, on a Friday. On Monday, my friend receives a call. Sam Huddleston received a call from Jerry Brown's office saying, get your papers together. The governor wants to pardon you. I'm choking up as I, as I say this. You know, it's just so awesome to be used by God. I had nothing to do with this. I mean, I just, I happen to know this guy. Who knows, knows the governor? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So anyway, where am I going with this? This this come, it, this weekend we're doing, a, there's going to be a pardon party for Sam. So I'm bringing my rig and I'm going to do interviews with a warden, a couple guards, the family, his wife. It's going to be awesome. 
So I'm really excited about this next Another Chance podcast. Now, what else am I excited about? I'm excited about this Hidden Headlines interview with Ryan Bomberger. This, this young man is amazing. You know, adoption, a lot of folks don't get adoption. My wife and I get it. We've adopted three kids, though we forget which three. But it's, it's not like adopting a dog, okay? Uh, that's all good. But this is, this is, uh, this, this is a, a commitment for the rest of your life. The ups and downs, thick and thin. In good times and bad times, when you adopt these kids, and, and I really am one who believes if you do it right, if you nurture their nature, uh, things can work out pretty well. And I can certainly say that in, in my own family. But man, a lot of sacrifices had to be made. Uh, I literally, that's the reason why I left television. I was making some big bucks in local television in San Francisco back when there were big bucks to be made and people were actually watching local television. But uh, my wife and I just decided as we were getting ready to adopt our fourth child that you know, she was basically a single mom. I'd, I'd leave the house at noon, go to work, come back midnight, you know, because I did the 11 o'clock news as well, 1230 maybe sometimes. And she said, I can't do this. I'm a single mom. And you're missing all this stuff. You miss all the evening activities. You miss all the sports uh, after school. So I said, chuck it. I'm done. That's it. I'll, I'll leave this job. I got better things to do. And this is what happens oftentimes when you adopt children or just, you know, don't even adopt children. You decide to have, you know, a, a large biological family sacrifices often have to be made. So I just, I don't know his parents, but I, I hope that maybe someday I can interview his parents. They adopted 13 kids. <laughs> 13 kids. Uh, so, you know, Ryan is a super special guy from an amazing family. And I really want you to hear my interview with him. And he'll talk about his wonderful organization, Radiance Foundation, the radio, radiancefoundation.org, the radiancefoundation.org. And, and they do some great work for the sake of adoption, pro-life. Uh, he is adopted and loved, even though he was conceived in rape. I first learned about Ryan through a magazine I subscribed to. It's from the Billy Graham Association. It's called Decision Magazine. This was their January edition. And the title of the article is Wheaton College Scorns Pro-Life Speaker. Now, Wheaton College is a legendary Christian college in Illinois. In fact, Billy Graham actually attended Wheaton College. So it's got quite the legacy. Ryan Baumberger was invited to speak at Wheaton College, and he gave a 50-minute presentation entitled Black Lives Matter in and out of the womb. And it's amazing because following the event, which was sponsored by the Wheaton College Republican Club, the school's student government sent a campus-wide email claiming that Baumberger's comments in his presentation made people on campus feel unsafe. We'll pick up my interview from there. Sure, the presentation was really born out of a movement that emerged as a result of you know, police brutality and would cast this whole issue as if it were an epidemic, which 
I wrote articles critical of the movement uh, at the beginning. In fact, if you go to our website, radiance.life slash Black Lives Matter, you can see some of those criticisms, particularly because that movement announced solidarity with the abortion industry. So I'm like, how, how do you say Black Lives Matter, but then you partner with the leading killer of black lives? So that's really where this was uh, born out of. And so I speak on a lot of college campuses, Harvard, Princeton, University of Notre Dame, and this particular campus, Wheaton campus. I thought, hey, it would be a receptive campus. They claim to be pro-life. The college Republicans invited me in to have this difficult conversation, and I applaud them for their courage. What I did not know, though, going into this, is that Wheaton College as a whole, particularly leadership and a number of the faculty and student activists, have wholeheartedly embraced the Black Lives Matter movement. So how dare I? as a black person, a brown person, come onto their campus and not celebrate Black Lives Matter. And so the response was unexpected. You can't talk about Black Lives Matter and, and not uphold family and fathers in particular, because in the black community you have an epidemic of fatherlessness. But the fact that they responded to my presentation, now let me, let me clarify this though, Many love the presentation and praised us. We've gotten hundreds and hundreds of emails of support, but there's a small contingent of students and faculty who, uh, and Wheaton officials who sent out an email, two Wheaton officials and three student government leaders who sent out an email, campus-wide email, to 2,400 students, and I'm assuming also faculty and staff. And in the email it said my presentation was, was offensive rhetoric, that led many students, staff, and faculty of color to feel unheard, underrepresented, and unsafe, unsafe on campus. You know, Ryan, this is amazing as I'm listening because your foundation, your message, your reputation, and even your demeanor, you're hardly a threatening guy. So what in the heck was the problem? I love sarcasm, but I've never had anyone tell me that my sarcasm made them feel unsafe. Wow. But, I mean, this was a grace-filled, biblically sound, fact-driven presentation with lots of Q&A. I mean, I had 30 minutes of Q&A, and then afterward, an unexpected, uh, you know, another 30 to 40 minutes more of Q&A as a group of students approached me. They were very unhappy about my, my take on, on us being one human race and talking about white privilege and white guilt, and then there were a lot of number of things that weren't even brought up in the presentation that they were upset by. But the main thrust of their hostility toward me, this small group of students, was because how, how, how dare I not support Black Lives Matter? And I gave very clear examples, and I also gave the website, and people should actually see this. It's actually m4bl.net. It's the policy platform of the Black Lives Matter movement. People, Christians especially, need to read this and understand what this movement is. And you can't have some sort of movement for racial justice that has no reconciliation at its heart. That's not their goal whatsoever. And so my challenge to the students at Wheaton and my challenge to people in general, the public in general, is why should the church embrace a secular movement? Why isn't the church leading on these issues of racial justice? We don't have to embrace a deeply divisive, dishonest Marxist movement in order to fight for racial justice. Yeah, by the way, that's m4bl.net. I've been to that website, Ryan, and on the one hand, a, a lot of what they're talking about regarding the Black Lives Matter platform sounds palatable, sounds good. 
end the war on black people. Okay, well, we're all for ending a war on all people. People in this country shouldn't be warred upon. But then they get into reparations. That's incredibly socialist. Then they get into invest, divest. Again, very socialist. Some might even say communist. Then they talk about economic justice. There again, we're talking about distribution by the state against one's will. Then they are talking about community control, which on the surface sounds like democracy in action, but it's something far deeper than that. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. And again, I encourage our listeners for their own sake just to go to m4bl.net. By the way, I think it's also very important to mention that you are a friend of Alveda King. Alveda, of course, is the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King. We love Alveda. She's a great friend of ours and just a testament to how God orchestrates things. You know, someone like me who the world thinks should have been aborted because my birth mom, uh, I was conceived in rape. <laughs> and, and so, you know, people would so easily write me off, but yet God connected us to Dr. Alveda King. And, and you should know this, too, and this was shocking to me. Before I spoke at Wheaton College campus, a number of students had told me that they were disallowed from, from having Dr. Alveda King speak on Wheaton's campus because she was, as they were told by administration, too controversial and that she had voted for Trump. So therefore, the, the one who really carries the King legacy, Dr. Alveda King, is not acceptable on Wheaton campus. I, wow. That just blows my mind. Yeah, there's no question. That is a mind blower for sure, Ryan. Ryan, you also have a book that's out, Not Equal, Civil Rights Gone Wrong is the title of the book. Tell our listeners about this. Yes, this is my first book, and it's really born out of one of the most surreal experiences uh, I ever faced. My wife and I, my amazing wife, Bethany, and I run the Radiance Foundation, and, you know, we were sued by the NAACP. After we, we launched a billboard campaign in the Oakland area, San Francisco Bay area, we placed 60 billboards that said black and beautiful, too many aborted.com, dealing with the hugely disproportionate impact of abortion in the black community, where abortion rates are up to five times higher, okay? So we placed this billboard, and we're denounced by Planned Parenthood, denounced by the ACLU, and then, shockingly to me, denounced by the NAACP, a group that I grew up revering as a child, so after a bunch of extensive research, I realized, wait, the NAACP is actually pro-abortion. They've passed a resolution in 2004 supporting abortion. They partner with Planned Parenthood. So I wrote an article with the title, The National Association for the Abortion of Colored People. And they didn't like it. <laughs> they sued me. They sued the Radiance Foundation. And it, you know, it launched a two-year federal court battle. And we won. We lost the first level, but won the second level. And it really just revealed to me in such a tangible and tragic way that the civil rights movement has just veered so far off course. And that's the reason for the title, not equal, civil rights going wrong. The NAACP should be on our side, fighting for the most powerless, the most marginalized. And when you talk about abortion being the number one killer in the black community, mm -hmm. and yet the NAACP partners with and defends Planned Parenthood, Something's really, really wrong with this picture. Well, and then, Ryan, if we could, and I know you'll be able to do this better than I, uh, just going back to the roots 
of Planned Parenthood with Margaret Sanger. I mean, right off the bat, you're talking about uh, a woman who believed in eugenics. This is racism at, at its you know, at its at its finest, so to speak. This is awful. She was an awful, evil person, in my estimation. But how about yours? There's no reading of history that would change that conclusion whatsoever. I mean, this is a woman who defined birth control as, and this is a quote from her book, Women in the New Race, Chapter 18. She says, birth control itself, often announced as a violation of natural law, is nothing more or less than the facilitation of the process of weeding out the unfit of preventing the birth of defectives or of those who will become defective. This is a woman whose organization, Planned Parenthood, she's the one who founded it, disproportionately targeted poor blacks. Now, they had a wide category of people they would disproportionately target, but poor blacks for a century have been disproportionately targeted by Planned Parenthood, which is why in the city that spawned Planned Parenthood, more black babies are aborted than born alive. I mean... For people to dismiss history, I mean, that's what you have to do. In order to embrace the Planned Parenthood today, which is worse than what it was during Margaret Sanger's time because they weren't aborting when she was alive. <laughs> so it's worse than it was during Planned Parenthood's, uh, I'm sorry, during Margaret Sanger's days. But people just, they don't want to hear the history. They no. don't want to have no. their opinion challenged by a fact. And see, it's one thing for me to come out and say this, but I'll be dismissed right off the bat because people say, well, you're white, you don't count, you can't speak in these terms. But here you are, a man, a, a Christian man who is also black, speaking out about how blacks are targeted by the abortion industry, and people don't want to hear that. They, they don't, and, and, I, and I despise this whole warped mindset that somehow if you're, if you're white, you can't speak to this issue. Thank God for white people who speak to issues of injustice. I mean, I would still be a slave today if they didn't. I mean, this nonsense somehow that if you don't have the right pigmentation, you can't speak truth? Come on. If we don't get past this, this ridiculousness, we're going to continue to be in this race-fixated place, which is where we are today. I mean, America's not more racist than it was during the 60s, although I have plenty of college students who try to tell me this when I speak on campus. I said, oh, did you think about that in the back of the bus on your way here to the, to the lecture? I mean, at what, at what point and in, in what way is America more racist? But the problem is we, there's this overriding mentality that somehow if you're white, you're not allowed to say anything about this issue. Wow. And that was my interview with Ryan Bomberger from TheRadianceFoundation.org. By the way, I highly encourage you to go to the website because when you're at his website, they've got the greatest store. <laughs> Just so many neat things that I think you'll enjoy. Like, for example, the stickers, Adoption is Love, the postcards, You Deserve So Much Better Than an Abortion, the t-shirts, and some of these t-shirts are absolutely hilarious, and uplifting, love, free speech, life has purpose, adoption unleashes purpose, and then some of the fact sheets. I love this one. It's entitled Top 10 Reasons to Keep Planned Parenthood Out of Your Local School. Again, for all that, just go to theradiancefoundation.org. And that concludes this edition of Hidden Headlines. By the way, thank you for listening. I do appreciate you listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. And if you like what you've been hearing, please spread the word. Hidden Headlines. I'm Brian Sussman.